I am taking another month off business and going on my dream four-week vacay. Now, here's why I'm sharing that with you. Also, if you want an embarrassing monkey story, you're going to want to listen to this episode, but (laughs) stay with me here because I've got even more goodness for you than that. So what I know to be true is that Absolutely. Creating time freedom in a really large multiple six-figure business is absolutely possible. And it doesn't mean that there is one way to make that happen. I have a business that is quite intensive in terms of the level of coaching I do in it because I love it. And that is what I'm the best at. (laughs) And I still have the ability to take four-week vacations. This is not the first time I've done it. And the most exciting thing about that is I don't feel panicked. I know our monthly income will keep rolling in because we've set up monthly recurrent revenue. I know we'll continue to make sales. I trust my team infinitely to be able to handle things while I'm away. I know my clients will be supported, full transparency. I will still be doing a handful of coaching calls while I'm away. And this wasn't an overnight thing. And it's something that I've been very intentional about creating as I've grown and scaled the business. It doesn't mean that you have to get to a certain level of business to be able to create this level of time freedom, but it does mean that you have to be intentional about it and probably not leave it to the last second. So today I wanted to really walk you through how the heck I'm actually practically doing this, how I'm navigating it, how I'm able to take that time away, how I'm not worried about things happening, the business breaking down, you know, us not being able to continue to grow, how I absolutely know my clients will be so fully supported during that time and exactly what that looks like so you can create true time freedom and still make bank too. Let's dive in. Hey, you're listening to the things we didn't do. This podcast is dedicated to sharing with you the truth about how simple it can actually be to create mind-blowing results in your business without doing all the things. If you're sick of being told all of the things you should be doing on the daily to blow your business up, if you're a rule breaker, a change maker, and you want to start, grow, or scale a purpose-driven business without doing all of the things, this is for you. I am your host, mentor, and success coach, Elise Danielle. The conversations, tools, and tips I'll share here will give you everything you need to build and blow up your own purposeful and profitable business that fits you, attracts more dream clients to you on the daily, and ultimately shows you how to do less to receive more. Join me as we explore how simple it can actually be to create big results in your business and get ready to stop chasing around all of the things and instead start creating a business that lights your soul on fire and makes you bank. my loves. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am so excited to speak with you. I'm in (laughs) what I call my podcasting hole, but it's not a hole. It's a lovely office. I've got my lovely chakra candle burning nice and bright. We are going with some Himalayan quartz today. Oh, let's read out the affirmation. In this light, I am abundant and aligned. These are cleanse and co-candles. If you're in Australia, I'm a huge fan of them. They are beautiful. It wasn't meant to be a plug. It's just what's happening in real-time reality here. I am very excited to be sharing this episode with you because I am very much in the thick of the planning (laughs) and doing last-minute prep for our trip away. So, If you've listened to previous episodes, me and Chris are headed overseas for about four weeks, which is super exciting. We're going to be flying into Thailand. We're going to be spending a couple weeks there, and then we'll be in Singapore for a handful of days, and then we will be in the Maldives for just over a week, which is exciting. So exciting. It is going to be my 40th birthday while I am over there. I still can't believe that's a thing. (laughs) And I know I've said this before in the pod, but like, I'm surprised with how 
excited I am for my 40th. I was way more feeling a lot of feelings around the 30th. And I just feel like I'm just so happy with, you know, my life and myself and all of the humans surrounding me and my business and you guys. And so I just have so much to be grateful for. I mean, I don't take any year for granted. I think every day is honestly a gift on this planet. And I'm just so excited to be celebrating another year. So that is what we will be doing. We have some friends that are going to be joining us in the Maldives, which is just going to be a literal dream come true. I have had this on the vision board forever. The um, actually fun manifestation story, the overwater bungalows, I have been on my vision board and actually I didn't even know it, but the resort we're going to has a underwater restaurant or a restaurant where you um, can basically dine in the ocean because it's like underwater and you're in the ocean, which is pretty cool. And I had that on a vision board and I had no idea that it was the actual resort we're at. All very serendipitous. We didn't actually choose the resort. Friends of ours went there for their honeymoon and highly recommended it. So we're all going back and it's just feels like a really celebratory month in July. So I'm just so excited for that. I'm sure I'll come up with some exciting um, little something special for you to celebrate the big 4-0 with, but stay tuned for that. So I really wanted to, because I've gotten some questions around this, and I wanted to delve into how the actual fuck I'm taking a month off business. This isn't the first time I've done it. I've done this quite a few times. Um, you know, I'm originally from Canada. I live in Australia. And so all of my family is overseas. We'll be doing another trip um, in probably next March for end of Feb, March for probably about four weeks as well, where I'll take a good chunk of that time off too. So I share this not to brag, but like to really share that this has just been very intentional into the building of my business. A really big reason I had so many opportunities to go in on yoga studios and start up some physical businesses. And I was always such a hard no, <laughs> hard no, didn't even entertain the idea because I knew a really big reason for me creating a business was that I wanted to have the freedom to work from anywhere and not feel tied down to any one place and have the flexibility to, you know, fly home, take time off, travel. It's just one of the things that lights me up the most in life is traveling, experiencing, having different adventures, experiencing different experiences, adventures overseas. And so this has just been something I've been very intentional about. I also wanted to share this because I do have a business model that is highly based around coaching. So I wanted to break down how I'm doing this because I think sometimes what I see to happen with a lot of my clients is when we are looking to scale past six figures. What makes that feel so tricky and hard is that we feel like we need to know exactly what that looks like. And we have to find the perfect business model that works in all of the ways that there's no trade-offs for that give us all of the time freedom and all of the flexibility and all of the security and all of the everything. And that just doesn't exist. And so I'm sharing this because I will be doing some work while I'm over there. I think it's literally, I think I wrote this down. Where did I write this down? Like literally seven and a half hours the whole time, maybe a little bit more with some Slack stuff if I need team stuff, but not a lot. That's that's literally all up. <laughs> that's not weekly. That is the entire time. I'm giving myself flexibility. If I feel inspired, I can obviously write some stuff, but for the most part, I'll be taking a lot of that time off. I will be having client calls with um, my mastermind and my one-on-ones for the first week and maybe the second week, just depending on how that all lands. But that's literally going to be a couple hours of a couple days a week max. So I share that to be transparent with you and Share too that like I am more than happy with that trade-off. I don't need four weeks completely out of my business. I'm not, you know, 
I don't feel burnt out in any way, shape, or form. I have had a pretty cruisy year in terms of um, workload. You know, I've shared very openly that my dad passed away. We just came, we're literally right around the one-year anniversary. So this last year has very much been an intentional chill year for business. We weren't chasing massive growth. It wasn't a goal. It wasn't an intention. It wasn't something I desired to do. And it wasn't something that was going to serve me or my business long-term. So just giving context there, because I can't help myself. So I want to talk about how we have intentionally planned for that, how, you know, this is so applicable for you if you're planning on taking time off, if you're preparing for mat leave, if you're wanting to scale back work hours due to summer, I know it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere, um, due to summer vacations or a change in childcare or desire change. And I I just wanted to open up this conversation because I think this is a huge thing that I support my clients with and not something I get to talk about on the front end a lot. I have supported so many clients navigating through mat leave, through, oh my God, COVID, <laughs> right? Through constantly changing work hours and childcare things. And so this is just such a big part of running a business. The, the benefit of having the flexibility and having a business that really works around you is that you have the flexibility. The trade-off is that that sometimes needs to look different in different seasons and that's okay. That's the entire point, right? So I wanted to share this with you because I know regardless if you're planning a holiday, if you're, you know, preparing to have a baba, a baby, if you're wanting to set yourself up to just change the business around so you're not working as much, this is all very applicable. And I know there's going to be lots of golden takeaways and nuggets that you can start to apply in your business too. Okay. So I think it's all the context I wanted to give you. Also, side note, pray for me because I am slightly terrified of monkeys. I don't think I've shared this publicly. So (laughs) I like love animals. That's I feel like if you've followed around, this is just remotely a random but hilarious story that hopefully gives you a chuckle if you don't want to hear it, just fast forward. But I feel like it's worth it's worth your time. So overall, I love animals. My toxic trait, one would say, is that I, f- I genuinely, you know, those memes where it's like, my toxic trait is I feel like I could hug a bear or a lion. I legitimately think I could. I, Chris thinks I'm crazy. I, I do think I can talk to animals with my eyes, depending on the animal. I feel like that's a true thing. Um, so I feel like I'm usually in the vibe of animals and we get along okay. I'm just giving you some context here. Monkeys are a different story, my loves. And Thailand has a lot of monkeys. So I've mentioned on the podcast before, I'm very extra excited for this trip because it's like a full circle moment. I backpacked around Southeast Asia when I was 20, 20, turning 21. I think I just turned 21, something like that. It's a long time ago. (laughs) And so obviously I was a backpacker. My trip would It's very different to what this trip will be, but it's going to be so cool. I'm so excited to go back and like, holy shit, 20, 21 year old Elise would have never imagined my life to look this way. And so it's pretty fucking cool to see that I've been able to not have to trade freedom for money because that always felt like a really big trade off for me at that stage of my life. And it's really beautiful to feel like. I'm so in alignment with what is meant for me and what my soul craves with this trip and just that full circle moment. But anywho, I digress. I am very respectful of wildlife. I do not approach wildlife. I remember I've never really like vibed with monkeys. And so we were doing this little boat excursion to some smaller islands, one called Monkey Island. I'm so excited for you to DM me and IG if you have experienced anything like this before so we can process our monkey trauma together. <laughs> Long story short, Elise is on a beach. Elise is minding her own business. She's trying to have nothing to do with the monkeys. And this little baby monkey came up to me and it was really close. And I don't know what happened, but somehow I just got sucked into it's his, her eyes. And I just remember like, look like connecting. We just had this moment. I was connecting with their eyes. Their eyes were connecting with me. I thought it was a moment. And then all of a sudden this little baby monkey let out a, like 
horrific scream. And the next thing I knew, I was literally surrounded by daddy monkeys. Literally, I'm not even, I'm literally not exaggerating here. Actual full circle of daddy monkeys around me. And like those fuckers, they're on their hind legs. They're not small. And they were literally baring their teeth at me. It's funny now. It was not funny then. And like, I, it all happened very fast. So all I remember being circled, baring their teeth. Luckily, some local who was like this dumbass tourist, I'm sure, legitimate, came running to save me, yelled something at the monkeys and they went off. And I couldn't really think of anything else to do. But so the rest of the kind of the tour we were on was in the boat. I was on the island. And so I'm not, I swim. I don't love it. But like, I fucking dove into that water and I paddled to that boat as fast as I could. Now, I don't know if monkeys can swim, but that just made sense to me at the time. So that was my first monkey encounter. I've had one more since. I won't go into too much detail. Essentially, me and Chris were in Bali. Again, if you've been to Bali, there's this place called Monkey Temple. Well, I should know better by now. I did all of the right things, you guys. I didn't even wear sunglasses because they say anything reflective will grab the monkey's attention. And I was already scared of monkeys from previous experience, you know, 10, 15 years prior. <laughs> All I know is that we were walking around this beautiful walk on the edge of the water over a cliff, stunning. You know, there's a handful of people walking in front of me. Somehow I got separated from the group. All of these things happen so quickly. What I remember is that I saw a monkey from the corner of my eye and he was like running towards me, but I was walking on a little walkway and there was like a, um, a ledge because of a big brick fence to the left of me. So I slowed down expecting him to run in front of me and just jump onto the ledge. That is not what happened, friends. What happened is that next thing I know, there is a monkey grabbing my thong. What do we call thongs in North America? Uh, oh my God, I always forget. Like sandal, flip-flops, flip-flops, grabbing my flip-flop off of my foot with his little monkey hands, trying to rip my shoe off my foot. Now, a normal person would cut their losses and run away. I don't know why, but my instinctual reaction... <laughs> was to reach down, grab my thong, and literally was in a, a tug-of-war match with my shoe and this monkey. And again, he bared his teeth. I screamed bloody murder. All of a sudden, Chris turned, Chris heard me. He's like, oh God, what is happening with her now? Turns around. Of course, I'm making a scene. There's tourists, you know, around being like, why is this bitch having a tug-of-war with this monkey? I shit you not. How could I make this up? He turns around, starts running or coming towards me. I'm in a tug of war. Somehow I win. I don't know why I just kept holding on, but I did. Anyways, I won the tug of war. And I think Chris running towards me scared the monkey. He ran off and I was literally shaking. Like I remember being very close to tears. <laughs> there was monkeys all around me. I remember being very convinced that they were all against me and that he was now telling his monkey friends that they should go get me. This is what's going on in my head. And so all of that to say, I would so love and appreciate any monkey tips, monkey stories, monkey sympathy. Send it my way in the DMs, even if it's just monkey prayers that Elise does not have another monkey attack story to share with you when she gets back. I hope that entertained you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my monkey attack TED Talk. We shall get on with the rest of the podcast now. But please, has that happened to you? Am I the only one in the world that gets attacked by monkeys? I also have a track record with emus, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about how I've been able to plan for this four-week trip while I will not get attacked by a monkey. So I think this is one of the most obvious but most important things to really say here is that like I planned this out. This was not a last minute decision. We've had this trip planned for over a year. In fact, a big reason for this trip being planned was that we were in the middle of another lockdown in Australia, and there was very few places in the world that we were able to go. And because 
my thing is freedom and control. I just needed a light at the end of the tunnel for my mental health and well-being. <laughs> and so turned out the Maldives was going to be a place that we could travel to. It was, um, we just kind of planted the seed. It was something that I thought would be amazing for a 40th. And then the trip kind of built from there. So this was planned in in big advance. And I also had updated my team on it. And so going into this year, I was really intentional about the planning of the business, right? I made sure that there was no coinciding with launches. We're at the stage of business where we do really plan that out now with our major programs mostly the mastermind, um, in advance. So I typically know a year out when those launches are going to happen, what that's going to look like, and I can plan accordingly to that. Now, I have done, I've taken this time off when I wasn't at that stage of business, and it just looks slightly different, right? So um, one of the trips back home, I know I worked for a couple of those weeks and I was okay with that trade-off and we just planned accordingly. So I made sure that there was like, you know, nothing huge I was planning for that time. And it was going to be most things kind of running as per usual. I had an idea in advance of what we were going to be selling or what the business was going to be focused on. So it wasn't a last minute scramble to try to figure things out. And so also income was planned accordingly around it. So it didn't feel like a pressury thing at the time. That's one of the things that I, I, see really throws us in planning things out is that depending on the stage of business we're at, we're either worried about, you know, sales dropping or we're worried about not being able to show up in the same way. And there's going to be trade-offs, right? That doesn't mean you can't work around it. It doesn't mean you can't plan for it. It doesn't mean you can't be strategic in the lead up for it. But really just taking that into account and making sure you're planning it in advance is going to be the thing that doesn't make it feel like a chaotic last minute thing. And to be fair to you guys, you know, I think this last year helped me feel so much safer in letting my team take over more for me and not needing to have my hands in it. I remember that was definitely more of the edge at the beginning of my business. You know, I think this is one of the hardest things about scaling beyond six figures is honestly, everything we kind of do that creates that first six figures is everything we have to learn not to do to create the next six figures. And so I remember that trip was a really good eye opener in the seeing how like, oh, I'm doing way too much. <laughs> I'm not trusting my team with enough. I don't have the team set up in the right way to be able to hand off enough things. That is great to see. And sometimes that's the gift of these situations and that you really get to see what the gaps are and or you really get to learn how you need to be a little bit more intentional or forward planning with the business or with time off in order for it not to feel like everything's on your shoulders. So it feels super, super hectic and stressful to be able to take any time off. That is not a fun way to run a business. That is not the point. It's not wrong, obviously, if that's the stage of business you're at or if that feels like a current sticky point for you. But it is so good to see that because that's really the next gap to solve for, right? So, um, what I was going to say there is that having this last year and and honestly having to take very last minute time off the business when my dad did pass away helped me to also see that like no one died, clients were taken care of. When I needed some personal time off, they were obviously more than happy to give me all so much time if I needed it. And that just really helped me to also trust that I can kind of navigate through things and remind my brain too that like I'm not doing brain surgery here like I'm not saving lives this is not brain surgery like I can take some time off as long as we are prioritizing the most important things in the business which is current clients and team honestly then everything else is not an emergency and can wait so 
that mindset, that ability to release control from that has also really helped me with this forward planning to also not have so much pressure on it or worry. I think this is the biggest thing, worry that like everything's going to fall apart when we take our finger off the pulse for 2.2 seconds, right? And I just want to say that it's normal to feel that way. It's totally normal to feel that way. I have seen that to be so true for all of my clients, whether we're cutting back hours, whether we're changing hours up due to wanting to spend more time home with the kids or preparing for mat leave or wanting a bit more time off or whatever. Um, the Usually the biggest thing and the hardest thing is trusting that the business isn't going to fall apart. And then it's really seeing how like, okay, well, what is the opportunity to create more structure and intentionality with the running of the business? So not all of that is falling on you. And I just want to add in here too, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure the first time I went home, I I only had a VA. I only had one team member. And so it isn't to say that if it's just you and your business, you can't take time off. I think you absolutely can, but it does mean you're probably just going to have to be more intentional, more planful, map things out and give yourself a little bit more time for that. Does that make sense? So all of this, what I want you to also hear what I'm saying here is that like, and again, I'm sharing all of this on the business running as per usual. Can your business take a pause? Absolutely. But I think what I see happen is that we plan a pause. We maybe take a pause, which isn't a bad thing. There's a time and a place for that. I don't think that's wrong by any way, shape, or form. But sometimes we don't know how to get that going, or we forget that there is a trade-off for a pause. So the trade-off for maybe taking a month or two off your business is that that's a lot of momentum to rebuild. That's a month or two of not being in the flow. That's a month of two of not marketing, which means there's just going to be trade-offs of that. There's going to be an, a flow of that, which means that, you know, you haven't been warming people up. And we know that marketing works in 90 to 120 day cycles. I would extend that out for this um, current marketing climate. And so just know that like you can also make that decision, but you also have to not make yourself wrong for the trade-off of that decision, right? So when you come back to business, if you decide to take a month off or two off, you also have to be okay with not making sales for a month or two after that. Again, I'm not saying that you can't make sales. I'm saying you have to be okay with it being slower because that is the trade-off of your decision. And if you're okay with that, amazing, great, go nuts, right? But don't make yourself wrong or don't beat yourself up and don't let your brain create stories as to why that's happening. The only reason why that's happening is because you just weren't marketing. (laughs) That's it. It's not that you can't sign clients. It's not that you can't get that ball moving, but knowing the repercussions of that lever is important just to be informed and not have the brain create stories. Does that make sense? So for example, when I took that time off my business and just was more in a coasting mood, I was 1 million percent conscious and okay of the potential trade-offs for that. Now, I am very lucky in that the stage of business I was at, it didn't affect our income at all because of the monthly recurring revenue we have built up. And because I was still able to show up for my clients and my commitments and really serve them really powerfully, that's dependent on your business model. So again, I'm not making any of that wrong, but these are just all of the things as a CEO, it's important to consider and think about so that you can make really informed decisions and really be in your power around what you want to do and what you don't want to do, what what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. And that's really the whole point of this, right? So I hope that makes sense. So the other thing I really want to share here is that honestly, I bought a lot of this ease through the last five years of our business growth. So this is really because of how I've scaled the business, how sustainable the biz model is, how I've been really willing to work the current pathways, build the systems and the flow and the structure within my team. There's so much mindset work I've done to be able to do that. Um, How I also have been 
you know, really willing to work those same pathways and systems and trust them. So it's not feeling like I am the only one who makes it happen, right? If I'm the only one who I can trust to make shit happen in my business, I'm pretty stuck if I ever wanted to take some time out or I want to take a step back or if I want to, I don't know, change the business model and be less in it in a certain way. I'm I'm just throwing out ideas there, right? So you will be capped if you think that you are the only one who can do all of the things. Now, I'm not saying that it's not your responsibility to set that up. It totally is. I think this is a whole other conversation that could go a whole different way where it's, you know, your team's job is to execute for you. It's not to create necessarily and know how to make sales or how to do marketing that works. That's not necessarily at all what your team is for. Your team is for to work the things that you know are working. That's the way I look at it. That's what served me really well. And I think that's what most team members desire. (laughs) They don't desire all of the pressure of the business and the sales to be put on them unless that's like specifically their job and you've built a sales team or something like that. So I just wanted to say that because The reason why this doesn't feel hectic, the reason why it feels pretty easeful, the reason why I trust my team fully is because that I already trust them fully. And so much of the day-to-day running is already not my responsibility when it's been executed and um, delegated in different ways. And that's been working for a while too. So that's what makes me feel safe. That's what makes me feel secure. That's what makes me trust that it's going to keep working. Of course, you know, we're going to continue to make sales because we have monthly recurring revenue, but of course we're going to make new sales because I know that they know what to do with that, right? I don't have to be the one manually in it or even energetically fully in it in order for that to happen, which I think is really important to just say out loud. Now, that doesn't mean that you need my business model. Do not misunderstand me by taking that little tidbit away. That is not the point here. The point is that you are thinking intentionally about how you want to scale if you want this kind of freedom as a regular thing, right? And again, that might look different for you. It might look like working 20 hours a week. It might look like being able to take summers off with your kids. Like there's no one way. It's really about what do you want? And let's make it happen. But knowing that that's possible, is just going to look a little bit different. So even if you feel in the moment, like you're painted in a corner in terms of scaling and the way you want to grow the business or the way you want to keep things running and not have to be manually in it, there's always a way to get that working better. I don't care what your business model is. I mean, again, guys, I work most of the stuff on my plate on a week-to-week basis, I need to do a podcast episode on what I work on in a week, is client and content. That's that's it. I'm coaching. I'm creating content. That's like the bulk of my work, right? And I love that. And yes, that requires me to be in the business for a certain amount of hours. But There's so many other needle movers in my business that I don't have to do because my team works it because I've set them up to know how to work it for me because I put in the time and energy to really get those pieces working well before expecting someone else to do it for me. And again, not that I like just expect them to do it, but they are set up to be successful. I think that's a really big gap in a lot of businesses trying to scale to multiple six and seven figures is that there's a gap with getting like helping our team be able to execute on our behalf in a way that's going to work. I think so often our brains look for the what's the scalable thing? What's the scalable thing? What can I get other people to do? And again, there's no one scalable thing. And honestly, you guys, what I see to be true, especially right now, is that we have to sometimes be willing to do the unscalable thing to scale. That's a whole other podcast. We won't go into it. But what I want you to really take away from this point is that 
If you want to be able to have flexibility in the business model, start thinking about that now. Start planning that out. Start thinking about what that would look like. Start figuring out what would need to happen in order for you to feel safe, in order for things to keep flowing for you to be able to do that. And also, if you don't know where the F to start with that, or it all feels like, I just don't see it. There's no way. I promise there's a way. It's just that it's probably hard to see it when you're in it. And that's a huge reason why I've created that new Propel Your Profit one-on-one mentorship program, which by the way, oh, is officially, can you tell I'm I'm recording this in advance? The doors have officially been closed for application, but we're going to keep it open a week because I forgot on this podcast. You're welcome. So if you haven't applied, this is your last chance to get in, to be able to get my one-on-one support. This is a very rare thing that does not come up very often. The only reason why I have this, um, opportunity to support you in this way is because I created a new program. Once the spots are gone, they will be gone for good because my clients stay with me for years because of how effective the ROI is. Let's just call it what it is. It's just true. So if you're wanting to really learn how to propel your profit and scale sustainably and get support to figure out what are those needle movers? What are those levers? How do I step into my CEO shoes? How do I step into that leader of my team and industry to create those six and seven figure results? Stop this podcast right now. Stop telling yourself that it's not possible and head to elisedanielle.com forward slash propel dash your dash profit and apply. I am honestly the queen of simple scalability. It is just something that my brain is really good at spotting. It has a lot to do with my deep love of efficiency and doing the least amount of work for the most amount of output. And I promise you there's a more effective way to do it if you're feeling painted in a corner or not just sure what that looks like. It just really sometimes requires some high-level support in your corner to help you to figure that out and know how to hold yourself, build the internal structure to really create that external sustainability. And to be able to really see, I pause because it's hard to really explain how much being able to really hold capacity for more allows us to find the strategy to be able to do so. And if you're curious to know what that looks like, apply. It will give you a huge idea as what that looks like. I will absolutely look at your business and tell you some of the things that I really think we need to look at. And if that resonates, we can take it from there. There's no obligation if you apply. It's very much, is this a right fit? I'm really particular about who I work with one-on-one because I want you to get huge results. And I also want this to be the right fit um, because that's how it's going to be amazing. So head over and apply. Okay. So the other thing that's so important to just obviously state here, because I don't think this is very obvious a lot of the time, is that I can feel very safe about taking that time off. And I can feel very sure that when I come back, we'll have made more sales, we'll have moved the business along in the intentional ways that we've meant to is because I know what my needle movers are in my biz. I know what the focus is. I know where we're driving the business. I know what we need to do in order to make that happen. I know where our resources should go. I know what I want my team to focus on. I know what I need to focus on. And I know how to get my team to execute the pieces for me that I don't need to be the one doing, you know, by any way, shape, or form. So there isn't as much to take off my plate for the month. Honestly, there isn't a lot. I remember actually just today, I had a meeting with Nivek, who is my incredible OBM. She's worked with me for, oh my God, we're probably coming up to, oh, are we coming up on three years? I'd have to look that up. But she's been with me for a while. Bless her cotton socks. Thank the Lord for you, Nivek. And it's honestly, I'll be fully transparent with you guys. It is still an edge to not be the one initiating projects, to not be the one taking over control of things, trying to move all of the pieces. That is so my Achilles heel. I am fucking control freak that's in recovery daily. And the more I grow my business, the more I have to work that and get better at that. It's a default. It's not something that disappears overnight. I am a million times better at it. In fact, this last year, has been such a gift in so many ways because it's forced me to. (laughs) 
in a very ironic way. It's really forced me to have to not be the driving force behind the business in certain ways because I haven't had mental and emotional capacity for that. And so, you know, that has been something that I'm constantly working, but it's something that I'm constantly getting better and better at. I feel like every year I feel more like a CEO and less like just the coach in the business. Does that make sense? Like I am a coach in the business. That is one of my main roles, but also my main role is the CEO. And the more I develop my own internal leadership around that, the more I work my own internal shit around that, that gets triggered at every step and every level, the easier it is to not feel like everything's on my shoulders. I remember, what was I looking at? I was looking at, oh, I'm so grateful because so many of my dear friends are also incredibly gifted um, kinesiologists, um, clairvoyant psychics. I've got some incredible women in my corner. And I it's cool because we've sometimes I they've been my clients, I've been their clients, and we have this beautiful supportive dynamic. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but I am. Anywho, I was looking back at some of the work I did with a really good friend of mine. Oh, because she sent me, this is why, she sent me the most beautiful message. Oh, I don't even know if I can say it. I'll start crying. Just saying how grateful she was. I think she was responding to, was it an email I sent or, oh, it was one of my podcasts and was just being a beautiful human and friend and just sharing how incredible the work I do is and how proud she was of me and how grateful she was that she's worked with me one-on-one and how I just lead really intentionally and in integrity. And I won't go into anything else there, but it just really stood out to her. And so that made, you know, that makes me want to tear up and cry because that's like my biggest soul mission and the whole reason why I do this work. And so it feels very lovely to have that reflected back to you, someone who knows me so deeply on the back end and really sees that reflect on the front end is something that just means a lot to me. Anywho, I was looking back at some of the work I did with her around my energetic capacity. This was probably, oh my gosh, I think this was 2020, 2020 or 2021. And I had already grown to multiple six figures and our income was probably only about 100, 150K less-ish. I can't remember exactly. But, you know, the business hasn't exploded since then by any way, shape, or form. It's absolutely grown. I mean, 150K isn't nothing in a couple years. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But the amount of capacity I feel now compared to what I felt there is like fucking night and day. I cannot even explain. I'm going to try to because I have some good content coming up to kind of share this because I think this is such a missing piece for so many people scaling and why so many people can't maintain the scalability of the business is because we don't do this work. We don't focus on, yes, we can grow the income, but how do we grow that internally? How do we hold capacity for that internally? How do we feel spaciousness and freedom even though we have more responsibility? We are needing to be across so many more things, you know? So all of that little bit of a side note ramble to say that every year I have really worked that on an internal way and an external way. And when I say that, what I mean is like so many internal growth edges, you guys, so much of my own should have had to look at so many ways I've need to learn to get better at releasing control, trusting our systems, working the pathways even better, working it at different levels like that never ends. Yes, our marketing and sales works. I know how to work it, but it doesn't mean that there's not tweaks and next levels to always take that too, so that there's less that I have to carry and more that my team or the way we structure the business can hold itself in. I don't know if that makes sense. I really hope it does. All of that to say that that has been intentional. (laughs) That hasn't just happened. I didn't just wake up this year and be like, oh, there's nothing on my plate. I have worked very intentionally in different levels and in different ways to really make that feel true. And it's been hard. I'll be honest with you. It's really uncomfortable to 
hold a big business. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say right now. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to add in the last two things, oh, I've got a few, but we're going to try to wrap this up is that we've done this before. I've taken quite a few month long holidays before in business. A lot of those have been sometimes doing some client calls and some not. I prefer that. It feels better to me. It I care the most about delivering an incredible experience for my clients. As I said, I have a more one-on-one -on -one intensive model. I have weekly coaching calls except for one, oh, one week of the month. I usually don't have any, but the other three, I usually have coaching calls just divided between my one-on-one -on -one and the mastermind. And so I have been intentional with the way we structure the business. I think about that. I've been intentional with how I've decided to scale because of it. And it doesn't mean that this is the only way. I just wanted to say that again. So again, I um, want to just mention that, you know, a couple of things that also make me feel safe in doing this is that we have monthly recurring revenue. The majority of our income is monthly recurring revenue. That's been intentional. <laughs> I would much rather have like know that for the next six months we are making 40k months than have one big off 100k month. I could have prioritized the either the other piece and gone on and bragged about that, but I don't give a fuck about that. I care about the long-term sustainability of the business. I care about the point of the business. I care about serving my humans in the way that makes the most sense for them. And I also care about the sustainability and it fitting in with the things that I value and matter to me. So of course, we'll keep selling while I'm a frolicking in Thailand, hopefully avoiding the monkeys. <laughs> I'm sure knowing me, I will have a million great ideas while that's happening. I don't plan on working outside of, you know, the client calls and check-ins with the team, but maybe I will feel called. I'm allowed to. I'm just going to see how I go. This is really about like letting myself do whatever the F I want. So what I want to say lastly is that what creates the most time freedom isn't the biz model, you guys. I'm going to say that again. What creates the most time freedom and allows you to scale in a way that feels good and gives you space isn't the biz model. I can't tell you how many people come to me thinking they need to drastically, excuse me, drastically change their business model in order to create more freedom. Is that sometimes the move? Sure. That's sometimes the move. Is that always the move? Absolutely not. And more than often, what I see to be true, this is a broad statement. If you want to find out if this is true for you, you should apply. But what I see is that we're just missing out on so many opportunities to be more streamlined with the way we're doing things. And I'm talking energy, mindset, practical as well. It all matters, right? So often what is the biggest time suck is how much we're stressing about things, how much brain space stuff is taking, how much we're trying to control things we can't control, how much we're focusing on the wrong levers to pull, the wrong strategies, the wrong mindset work. All of that is what sucks up your time. It's what sucks up your energy and it's what sucks the lifeblood out of your business and usually the income to boot. So it's so much more about what makes the most sense for you. How do we work what's working and turn it into a constant sales flow system so you can be self-sustaining and not feel like you are holding every iota of the business in your own hands. What I see to happen so often is that we take this in extremes. We want to go all by inspiration, which means that your business is dependent on you and your day-to-day -day energy. And I don't know about you, but as a female, <laughs> my day-to-day -day energy varies vastly throughout the month. So I can't imagine what that kind of pressure would feel like. It would feel like shit. There's going to be, I don't want to feel like I have to constantly be outputting new ideas, new things, be on it 24-7. That feels freaking horrible to me. And I think sometimes we think that creating more structure is 
restrictive. I absolutely had that feeling at the beginning of my business. And what I see to be true is that it's really the opposite. It's what allows everything to not be on your plate. It's what helps you get good at taking the things off your plate that don't need to be on it. It helps you get better at delegating. It helps you get better at learning how to hold more, how to be more of the CEO, how to lead the team so you can grow the business more sustainably. It's like, if everything's on your plate, what happens? when you need to put the plate down, right? I've just got like an image of me serving with a tray. (laughs) Like if that thing is full and you need to go, you're running a drink to your tables, you got to go pee. What are you going to (laughs) do? It's not a good example, but hopefully you get what I mean. So it is just so important that you're not the one holding all of the balls, especially if you want to scale beyond six figures. It is in fact essential for you not to be holding all of the balls because you need energetic capacity. You need white space. You need CEO time. You need space that is not taken up by doing. And in order to get there, you need to really be able to create some sort of flow in the systems that exist so that they can exist outside of you. So I didn't really think we'd go there, but there we are. So that is like what I see to be the biggest things and the biggest takeaways for you to be able to really take this and create more time freedom and still make bank in your business. Again, I wanted to talk about this in a higher level perspective because the specifics of this are so dependent on you and what feels good to you and how you want to scale. So I cannot emphasize enough that there is not one right way. I think so many of us think of scaling in the very opposite way that actually helps us to scale. We'll be talking more about that soon. But really, I wanted to really help you see how there's always going to be (laughs) trade-offs. Planning is your best friend. It doesn't mean that you can't have things shift, but it does mean that you have to be intentional with the way you're growing the business. And the sooner you can start to look at that and see how you can start to create more structure, more space, more ways for the business to be able to hold itself and more ways for you to potentially have to step more into your CEO shoes to be able to direct that, the more freedom you're going to feel and the easier it's going to be to make little changes in the structure of your business model if you do want to create a bit more space. So that was interesting. We took a different spin than I expected. I hope that was helpful, you guys. Last call for Propel Your Profit. I cannot emphasize enough if you've been wanting expert support in your corner. If you want someone who really just knows what the fuck to help you step into, knows how to hold you through those growth marks, I think it's something that's just not very common to have someone at my stage of business that can really support you in this level and in this way. Um, And I'm so excited to be able to do that and really help you create the structure that's really going to support you to scale sustainably, create more true time freedom, and really help you feel more spaciousness in your business because nobody wants to feel like they're carrying around a big, heavy business all day, every day. Not the point, right? Okay. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the things we didn't do. I adore and appreciate you. If you love today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so that you don't miss out on any episodes because nobody likes FOMO. I'd love nothing more to hear your thoughts on the podcast. So please leave us a review on iTunes. And because I appreciate you taking the time each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free business success coach call with me. So if you'd like to nail down that one thing that's standing in your way from creating more purpose and profit in your business without doing all the things, then make sure you leave a review for your chance to win. I would love for you to share this with anyone on their own entrepreneurial journey who could benefit from learning how to create a wildly purposeful and profitable business without doing all the things. And remember, you get to create a business that makes you cry happy tears on the regs without needing to squish yourself into some box or burn yourself out in the process just because you can. Mm